Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, June 30th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Britain today will unveil a new system for state subsidies, and we'll take a look at the Japanese conglomerate Hitachi and its U.S. ambitions. Plus, the U.K. just cleared its biggest leveraged buyout in 14 years. We'll find out about the private equity firm that really powered the ASDA deal. They're a very small group of people. They're run by this guy called Manjit Dale, who would tell you himself, you know, he hates bureaucracy. <laughs> you know, he smokes heated tobacco sticks during meetings. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Today, the UK will lay out plans for a post-Brexit state subsidy system. Officials say it will be simpler and more nimble, and they hope it will turbocharge or prop up selected industries. Subsidies were a big source of tension when the UK was negotiating a Brexit deal with the EU last year. Brussels wanted British rules to be aligned with the bloc so there would be a level playing field, but Prime Minister Boris Johnson pushed back on that. The UK says its goal with the new subsidy regime is to cut back on red tape. It'll set up a subsidy advice unit, which can offer advice on whether government assistance is fair. If companies want arbitration, for example, because they think the government unfairly helped a competitor, they'll have to turn to the courts or the tribunal system. One of Japan's best-known brands, Hitachi, plans to increase its presence in the U.S. America is already Hitachi's biggest market outside Japan. The industrial conglomerate hopes to win contracts as part of the U.S. infrastructure spending plan. And the company is also pushing into software, as the FT's Kana Inagaki reports. Hitachi recently announced that it would acquire a U.S. software engineering company called Global Logic for $9.5 billion. And so that gives it a big access to the U.S. market. And so building on that acquisition, they hope to expand into the U.S. But also, I mean, the environment is also quite favorable, obviously, for Japanese companies, industrial conglomerates like Hitachi to go into the U.S. now, because obviously under the Biden administration, um, the U.S. government is pushing for a very heavy spending on infrastructure projects. Yeah, Kana, tell me a little bit more about how Hitachi could benefit from the infrastructure plan if it passes. So already Hitachi has won, for example, in the railway sector, they've won projects in San Francisco or Washington, D.C. But if other parts of infrastructure in the U.S. are going to be upgraded, then Hitachi hopes that there will be other contracts that they can win. So what does Hitachi think gives it the edge over competitors who... I'd guess, also want in on the big infrastructure upgrades that could happen in the U.S. I guess one of the benefits that it has is because it's a conglomerate, it has such a wide range of businesses. And so they do have the resources to expand in the U.S., But one of the challenges that they face is talent. So they need to hire more experts in software and digital talent. And another challenge for Hitachi is also the global recognition of the name as well. I mean, one of the key objectives that they have is they want to promote more of their software business called Lumada, their own brand in the U.S. But the challenge until now is that it's known in Japan, but it hasn't been known globally. And so how that brand recognition rises in the U.S. will be another challenge for Hitachi. Kana Inagaki is the FT's Tokyo correspondent. UK regulators earlier this month cleared the £6.8 billion buyout of British supermarket chain Asda. Two British billionaire brothers took over the group from Walmart. It was the UK's biggest leveraged buyout in 14 years. 
But the financial powerhouse behind the deal was actually a low-profile private equity firm called TDR Capital. The FT's Kay Wiggins dug in to find out more about the firm, and she joins me now. Hey, Kay. Hi, Mark. So, Kay, what interested you in this story? Why did you decide to look into the nitty-gritty of this deal? The interesting thing about the Astra transaction is that these two brothers called Mosin and Zuba Issa have been the kind of public faces of this transaction. And actually, the real sort of financial powerhouse behind it is this private equity firm called TDR Capital. But very few people have ever actually heard of TDR Capital. And now they're playing this really important role where they're going to be you know, in charge of this supermarket, which has 145,000 employees. It has a really important role in the food supply of the country. So we decided that it was worth spending a bit of time looking at the private equity firm. Yeah, I certainly didn't know much about TDR until I read your story. What do we need to know about TDR? I mean, there's a lot about TDR that's really interesting. A lot of the bigger private equity firms have evolved from being scrappy groups of dealmakers with quick access to money into being kind of big institutions with lots of committees, lots of checks and balances. And the thing about TDR is they're very much closer to the original model. They're a very small group of people. They're run by this guy called Manjit Dale, who would tell you himself, you know, he hates bureaucracy. <laughs> you know, he smokes heated tobacco sticks during meetings. He likes to be able to walk around the office, kind of just chatting to anyone who want, he wants to about a deal. You know, people talk about it as being almost like a kind of family office. So they're quite different sort of in the way that they run. And they're also quite different financially as well in how they structure the deals. Yeah, so if I understand it correctly, they they structure a deal that gives TDR very little downside. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the way that one person who who knows them quite well put it to me was, you buy an asset, take your money back and sit with a free option on the upside. Um, now, that might well apply to lots of private equity firms and how they run. But the interesting thing about TDR is that they really, you know, they're really, <laughs> their deals are very complicated. There's a lot of financial engineering that goes on there. So what's the problem with that? Why would there be any concern with TDR doing it? I mean, I think it's interesting to look at a company called David Lloyd in that context, which is this gym chain that they operate. Obviously, gyms have been one of the types of companies worst affected by the pandemic. They've had to close their doors for the best part of a year. TDR have already taken back three times the money they originally invested in that company before the pandemic started. But then when the pandemic began, instead of putting money back in that they'd taken out in dividends, they chose to instead use lots of extra debt to get the company through. They called it an equity injection, but it was funded through other more complicated bits of leverage elsewhere in TDR. So when you look at a company like David Lloyd, that company's now got like a billion of debt. Now now that we know all this, okay, can you remind us how the ASDA deal was structured? Yeah, so... The valuation of ASDA was £6.8 billion, and TDR and the ESA brothers were able to buy that company using only £780 million of their own money, and that's combined between the brothers and TDR. That is a very small amount of equity to be putting into a transaction, and even that was financed, at least in part, by taking money out of another company that they own together, which is EG Group, which is a petrol stations company. So they've managed to buy this big supermarket with very little of their own money, lots of other people's money, lots of debt, which basically means that ASDA continues to operate. It's going to have to use some of its profits to to repay that debt or the interest on that debt in a way that it never used to before when it was owned by Walmart. So, Kate, why has TDR been able to fly under the radar for so long, considering how many companies it owns? 
I think it's very interesting because private equity firms are really active in the UK at the moment trying to buy companies. And that has sparked a backlash from traditional fund managers who are the shareholders in lots of these listed companies who think that in lots of cases, private equity firms are kind of raiding the, the UK markets for cheap deals. The UK government didn't step in to the ASDA transaction. In fact, Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor, tweeted that he was pleased about the deal. So the next one down the road is that there has been a bid for Morrison's, which is the next biggest supermarket in the UK, from another private equity firm called Clayton de Billier and Rice. That bid was rejected, but certainly the ASDA transaction has set the ground for that deal to potentially happen, but also created sort of conditions where people are much more aware of the financial mechanisms that private equity firms use and possibly will raise more questions about it. Kay Wiggins is the FT's private capital correspondent. Thanks, Kay. Thanks, Mark. And before we go, another set of brothers are making headlines. Investment bankers Michael and Yoel Zawi are getting into the SPAC business. Remember SPACs? We haven't talked about them in a while. Anyway, the Zowie brothers have teamed up with top European executives to create a special purpose acquisition company that is raising 300 million euros to invest in healthcare and technology businesses in the region. The rationale is to support European businesses at a time when the pandemic has accelerated behavioral changes and the digital transformation of entire industries. Sources tell the FT that the Zowie's SPAC will list on the Euronext exchange in Amsterdam. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.